and welcome to another new edition of the Goshen New Sports Podcast. Uh, speaking to you is Goshen New Sports Editor Austin Hoff with me in the studio as always every week. Uh, Goshen News Sports reporter Evan Lee Pack. <laughs> you're like, you're like uh, <laughs> uh, every week. Evan's here again. Uh, another, uh, another week. He's and in uh, today we're not we are not alone. Uh, obviously, along with our you're right, producer, we have Sheila. 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 Just Sheila's kidding. always here. Just kidding. And uh, we have another guest uh, with us today. Uh, he has been a uh, occurring, reoccurring special guest on this podcast. This is his fourth time now. You've read his byline in numerous publications in the past, but primarily in the Goshen News in recent years. Steve Craw joins us once again on the podcast. Steve, how are you today? Thanks for having me. I get rice-a-roni after the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're close. Well, when you if you become like a five-time member, you get like a special jacket. You know, like SNL has like five-timers clubs where like if you host five times, you get a jacket. I, look I think to we're going to have to get you a jacket if you come on a fifth time, so... Um, got to make a budget request or something like that for that in advance, but I know we're going to bring Steve on. So, what's the story behind the uh, rice aroni thing? I don't know. Do you want some rice aroni? That's one of the things. You know, rice aroni, the San Francisco. I'm showing my age. San Francisco. <laughs> that's a, that's treat, something yeah. they gave them on game game shows. It's <laughs> <laughs> a parting parting gift. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. That no idea. Rice aroni isn't terrible. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's a good side dish. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have that for your meal unless yeah, no. you're really poor and that's what you could afford that day. But. Right. Well, we'll give you a nice sturdy handshake on the way out. How about that? Sound good? That'll work. Awesome. Well, Steve is here to kind of talk a little bit about baseball sectionals beginning this week. We'll get into that a little bit later. Steve obviously does uh, tremendous work for us in other avenues, so he's a quote-unquote you know third, uh, third host this week because he was at some softball Last night, sectional softball has begun this week. We had some games in the area Monday night. We will start with the game that Steve was at. It was a barn burner over there at Jimtown in Class 3A. Northwood with a 5-4 to victory in nine innings on a bang-bang play at the uh, in the ninth inning there, Steve. Um, first off, it's an upset victory. Northwood came in at 7-15, and and West Oval was 13-8 and and won on the season. Uh, how, how did Northwood pull off this victory, Steve? Well, it was one of those nights where both teams were getting runners on base after the first couple of innings. And a couple of innings before, Wes Noble had loaded the bases with no outs and they didn't, you know, in the eighth right. inning and didn't score. So Northwood loads the bases. Um, they use several players, and because of the, you know, the uh, re-entry rules, they had a girl that w- playing that had only played a couple of varsity games uh, that was the one that put the ball in play. The bases are loaded. She puts the ball in play with two outs. And Wes Noble needs to get a force out at second base. And that sends, you know, that will send the game to the 10th inning. Mm-hmm. But the umpire says that the, the shortstop didn't get there for the force out. The winning run scores on that play. And that was the end of the game. So yeah. two hours and 34 mm-hmm. minutes. Now, a high school softball game that goes seven innings is usually an hour and 15, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That goes, I've been at 17 <laughs> inning games that went four hours, but <laughs> oh, all been, bets been, are off if it goes extra innings, and I've that's to, what it did. I've know. been to seven inning games that have gone three hours, so I mean, well, that's, that's that I'm thinking yeah, lots of walks and lots yeah. of uh mm-hmm. hits and airs, yeah, right, and runs. Well, <laughs> normally, it, yeah. it's Ten to nine or one to nothing. It's about an hour and a half or, or right. less. But right, yeah. North nine. Northwood, you know, they've obviously been playing better as the year has gone on. Uh, they started out 
pretty horrendously. I mean, it was 22 nothing games they were losing and things like that. But they were playing better, and, and West Opal had been playing a little – they've been, you know, struggling the last couple of weeks. They had some injury issues. I know Click wasn't 100% uh, pitching and – you know they were nine and zero at one point, and then they finished thirteen and nine. So it's a tough loss, tough way for them to end their season. Uh, that sectional now is wide open. You have Wallasey and Lakeland in, in a semifinal game tonight. Both those teams are at least ten games under five hundred, or worse. Like Wallasey is four and twenty one, I think, and one on the season. And then the other half is Jimtown and Northwood. That's also two teams that are five hundred or below. So. You know, it feels pretty wide open right now, that softball sectional, I would say. so. I, I would say so. I mean, Jimtown's playing on its own field, and if that gives them any kind of bump. But, you know, Northwood, you know, is really believing on what they can do, and they they were able to either go with the pitch mm-hmm. or, you know, seeing some, seeing some, seeing some speed. I mean, uh, Click pitched, and, uh, and, and so did um, – Tory uh, uh, four or no? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, Tory Franklin. 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 Tory there Franklin we go. Came in in the middle innings and then they went back to click and it was just and and, and of course Rich Click is is the coach and right. he said that it wasn't anything that uh, uh, at the beginning but she pitched a couple of innings just to give mm-hmm. a different look and uh, mm-hmm. but it was the speed. Now Autumn Miller was just keeping him off balance. I mean she doesn't throw right. hard but she was getting them to pop up and to ground out. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how they kept the uh, West Noble hitters off balance. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, now this sectional, obviously with all four teams kind of, it's being wide open. I think uh, it might come down to star power and there's no bigger star in this sectional than Kirsten Roos from, from Lakeland. She's hit four homers and a double header against the Cal on Friday. She has like 18 on the season. Um, if she was a pitcher. Lake, I know. Lakeland be pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Know? Lakeland, Lakeland, you know, they, they've, look, they, their schedule has been a little easier down the stretch, but they have won like five of seven going into this. They have some momentum. They're feeling good. They are still the defending sectional champions from two I, years ago. I know so, they don't have a lot of victories to show for it, but, you know, wouldn't you think they could pitch around Kirsten? Right. Well, but that's my thing. But the people else in the lineup must be doing something, or they, because right. otherwise this, Right. You know, be either very careful and or just if, uh, walk around intentionally. Right. If I'm if I'm Wawasi, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I throw an actual pitch to Roos at all. Just Walker. Just Walker. Even if the bases are loaded, almost like you know, I'll yeah. take the one run and take well, my one, chances. At one point, it was kind of funny to see the bases get loaded last night, and there was a runner on first base. Yeah, and they walked because they wanted to get the force. Right, and you, don't, you right. rarely it's, ever see that. It is really they, that's yeah. what they did. So that sectional was really interesting. Um, it's funny because, you know, if you're going back to the beginning of the season, West Noble looks really solid, uh-huh. and then you look at Northwood, and you're like, Northwood isn't going to do much this season, mm-hmm. and the tables turn just right. like that. That's why you never know. That's right. why they play the whole season, and that's why. And now Northwood has a great shot to win their sectional. So it's, right. it's funny how things winner, like that happen. Winner of that winner of that sectional will host the winner of the Angola sectional. Fun facts, which features a really good Bishop Dwanger team. So it could be a uh, don't know how long the run will be for whoever wins that sectional, but uh, they will host. They will get to host. So take the sectional championship at least. You yeah, know. you just, take just hey take man that. trophy banners fly forever, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, shifting to the game that Evan and I were both at Monday night, Goshen with an impressive 9-0 victory over Warsaw in the 4A sectional 4 opener. 
Uh, Liz Ramirez pitches a complete game, strikes out 10. Uh, Jenna Roll with four RBIs the other day, including a bases-clearing uh, triple that scored three runs that really busted that game open. Goshen, uh, here I'm going to say it for you. I'm going to say it just for you. You ready? The fighting Brent Culps. Don't sleep on Goshen. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, they have won seven in a row. They get to play Elkhart uh, Wednesday night in the semifinal. Obviously, Northridge on that side, very good. Uh, you know, they're 23-3-1. and So, uh, but hey, the Red Hawks, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They, like I said, they've won seven in a row. And, uh, you know, I would give them a puncher's chance. I mean, you know, the Elkhart's going to be a toss-up. And if they win that, I'd give them a puncher's chance against Northridge. What is a puncher's chance? It means you can knock them out. Like you, you can't box at all, but like if you have power to knock someone out, yeah. sure. Markham hits a couple homers or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Obviously, Northridge is a very complete team. Um, yeah. Took so, care of business against them in the regular season. Right. Nothing has to say something to stump, stump us next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we keep so, throwing stuff out there. I know. And, uh, say. and uh, I mean, Steve, I mean, we've all seen Northridge, I believe, play this season in softball at least once. So yes, sir. We all, almost you almost. have seen them a couple times. Almost, right. Yeah. It was your beat there for the first couple weeks of the season. But yeah. um, they are just so complete, man. The Raiders are just so complete. They pitch well. They hit. They run. They small ball. They get power. I mean, they are. Got great coaching. Great coach, right. And they won the NLC outright last week. Um, that's a team, you know, obviously Penn is in their potential regional, like, game. This feels like a Northridge team, and I don't know if, if you agree, Steve, or not, but like this feels like a Northridge team that's different than the team that was two years ago, even that won the sectional. This 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 feels like a team that could maybe make a serious run here. I think so. I mean, they got a they got a lights out pitcher at times. They got a, mm-hmm. a, a base stealer that's got a hundred, you know, crystal right. bases. Right, they Liner, got, yeah. They got hitters that can hit the ball in the gap. They play on that turf, which can punish you. I mean, if the ball mm-hmm. gets between hitters, it rolls all the way to the fence. If it, if you miss a, a cutoff person or a throw, it right. goes all the way to the fence or right. can. Right. So that's, uh, I mean, that's all the teams have to contend right. with that. Right. They have a huge home field advantage hosting that sectional because of the turf. They've played on obviously more than everyone. And you and I, last night, my, uh, last night, Evan saw a couple times where a ball bounced over a Warsaw player's head in center field that let it have a, have that, like Goshen Girl have a double instead of a single. You know, you, if you're not used to that surface, Place it fast. can really mess with you. Yeah. Um, so, that should be a good, good sectional and obviously, you know, don't Concord is uh, Concord's also in that sectional. Shouldn't shouldn't ignore them, but they are playing Northridge in the semifinal. Playing in an uphill battle. That is the uh, rematch of that sectional championship game from two years ago. Northridge won that sectional final thirteen uh, nothing two years ago down at Warsaw. So, well, assuming Goshen gets past Elkhart, I hope the uh, Northridge Goshen sectional final is a little more competitive. I hope so too. Just for uh, you know quality of game's sake you know it's mm-hmm. fun to go to good games they play like they've been playing Goshen they'll have a great chance to keep it at least competitive yep. obviously you have to play near perfect against a team like Northridge especially on their home turf right but they've been literally, playing literally turf home yeah. turf so <laughs> they've been playing playing really loose I mm-hmm. was watching them in the dugout last night very loose having fun and that's how you win games you know you can tell they're on a seven game winning streak so we'll see mm-hmm. if they can keep riding that uh, wave mm-hmm well, we also uh, we had our first team bow out from our coverage area last night in softball. Bethany Christian over in 1A uh, lost to Lakewood Park Christian 
So the Bruins end their season at seven and eight, and they were a pretty young team this year. New coach kind of had to come in at the last minute, basically, as the head coach in uh, Sheila Moser. Uh, so they end their season seven and eight. Like I said, uh, you know, tough, tough loss, obviously, to end the year. That sectional is pretty wide open. It feels like no teams above five hundred in that sectional as well. So, um, so now we get to kind of turn our focus a little bit. Uh, to some of these sectional semifinals tonight, we already mentioned Tuesday night we have uh, Northwood and Jimtown, and then Wabasee Lakeland in the 3A1. We just talked about the 4A1s. Uh, 2A semifinal matchups won't be set till later Tuesday night, but we do have our area teams Fairfield and Westview out there in those sectionals. Fairfield enters as the outright NECC champions or uh, regular season champs at least. Uh, they took care of Westview and West Noble last week to round out the conference championship. They are 22-4, and four, and, uh, you know, it feels like they're they're the favorite, but Alexis Antel for Westview will probably have something to say, too. She has 250 strikeouts this year. That's pretty good. Pretty good. 21 games, 250 <laughs> strikeouts. So, um, that have, that is probably plan, the best sectional of the four in softball that we have. Fairfield twenty two and four, Westview sixteen and five, Prairie Heights sixteen and eight, Central Noble fifteen and seven, and Laville's eleven and thirteen. They're not the worst team in the world, um, but should be in all NECC probably semifinals on Thursday. Heights and Westview in the first game, Fairfield and Central Noble in the second game. Uh, I know we've all seen them at various points this year. I believe Steve's seen Fairfield softball at least once or twice. This is kind of a surprise season for them. I know they've got a great program. Traditionally, Skibby, John Skibby's been a great coach there, but I don't know how many people had 22-4 and four written down for their season record at the beginning of the season. So it's been a nice turnaround year for them, I would say, uh, out there. Right. You know, uh, if tradition plays any part, then that's why they're doing what they are. Obviously, no season last year, so everything's kind of a question mark. Uh, and Fairfield amazes me with the – Consistency of their programs yeah. in every sport, given that they got two and three sport athletes, so they don't they don't devote twelve months a year to any sport. Mm-hmm. Most of them, especially on the girls' side, of things. Right. So that's 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 pretty good. And I, I see they got they've got pop. They they got athleticism, so they can run it down in defense, and, mm-hmm. and they can get some timely hit. You know, timely hitting too. Mm-hmm. You don't have a pitcher that's going to blow you away, but pretty right. good. You know. Yeah, Kayla Miller. She has a chance to go three straight sectional championships here in her senior year, volleyball, basketball, softball, potentially. So, triple crown. Triple crown, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she was a, a solid volleyball player for them. Uh, six, kind of like the sixth man off the bench, you know, sixth woman, I guess, off the bench. Sixth person. Uh, sixth person, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, in basketball. And she was, you know, she's their starting pitcher for most of their softball games. So, uh, you know, she's having a fantastic senior year, and uh, she's got a chance to maybe punctuate it with a sectional championship in softball, and, and maybe more. Uh, they also, you know, they're in a – they get to ho- – the winner of that sectional hosts the regional too. So, Fairfield or Westview, you know, they have a decent chance to not only just, you know, win the sectional, but get a chance to host a one-game regional and potentially advance to a semi-state. So You think uh, Fairfield is the favorite? I would say so, but – I mean, the good thing for Westview right now is that Antel, you know, she's going to pitch Thursday. She's going to be able to take a Friday off if they win, and then she comes back Saturday. So that's the good thing for softball right now, minus the semi-state. Like, everyone's going to have a day off, you know. So 
you could you could rest your star pitcher. I know I know pitching doesn't necessarily matter as much in softball in terms of like rest and there's no pitch count rules, but still, mm-hmm. um, your arm gets sore when you throw it that many times, you know, in a game. So especially with how fast Antel's throwing it, so should be a really fun sectional. I think Thursday will be good. Steve will be out there for both games on Thursday, uh, and then. We'll obviously cover the final if we get one of our teams or both of our teams there. Uh, coverage of that TBD because there's a lot of moving pieces this week as uh, all of yep. you go. Would love to see a Fairfield-Westview final, but Prairie Heights and Central Noble. I mean, Prairie Heights beat Westview once. Mm-hmm. Central Noble, I was at that game in the NECC tournament with Fairfield, and it was went right down the wire, right. close game. So you, it's, tough to, it's tough to know, but I do like Fairfield's experience. Eight seniors – and it was Skibby, the last time I talked to him, that when they played Westview, Ansel Ansel didn't uh, Did not didn't pitch, pitch yeah. but he was like, "We we've been preparing for, you know, we've got something cooking, so hopefully we'll be ready for in the sectional final if we do end up playing here." So, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with that. Should be yeah. interesting. Yeah. So softball's going going strong. The sectionals will wrap up by Saturday, so it should be a fun uh, fun week of games. At all at the three places we have left: Northridge, Jimtown, uh, and uh, Westview. So it should be should be fun stuff. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, regional tennis before we okay, we went through a couple of these things pretty quickly here. Tried to before we get into our baseball talk with Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls tennis regionals begin tonight, Tuesday night. Uh, you have number sixteen Northridge, fourteen and zero, facing thirteen and one Angola in one semifinal, and then you have Westview playing Fairfield in the other semifinal. Westview 11 and 5, Fairfield also undefeated at 14 and 0. Winners play each other Wednesday night in the regional final. Winner of the regional goes to semi-state, which is Saturday at Homestead High School, 10 a.m. Most likely going to be playing either Fort Wayne Carroll or Homestead in that match. So uh, we all saw some of these teams, most of these teams last week. Um, Steve, you were there at the final for Fairfield and uh, Northwood in that sectional final, and man. Fairfield, it's it's kind of like beating beating a, the uh, you know dead horse here, but those three singles players they have, man, at the top with Addison Mass, Faith Bontrager, and Elise Yoder, they are just rock solid players. That's right. That's what their their strength is definitely. I mean, they had all those matches against Northwood went straight sets, but um, you know, in Northwood, you know, Tiff Schwartz, the Northwood coach, said that they were hoping that maybe they would you know, crack the lineup a little bit uh, in the singles because it was a 3-2, you know. Mm-hmm. So credit, I'll credit to Northwood on their season. But, uh, yes, it's – and to think that uh, Mast is a freshman because she comes from a long line of, right. of tennis greatness in that family and she's been watching or playing it since she could probably walk. So <laughs> pick right. up a, have enough strength to pick up a racket. So uh-huh. that helps. She's got tennis IQ. She does. She does. And – uh Evan, you saw Northridge both both matches last week at the sectional. 5-0 over Concord, 4-1 over Elkhart. Uh, similar to Fairfield, their three singles players are dominant. Their number one doubles team also very strong. Um, what stood out about the Raiders last week when you were watching them? Well, it was nice to finally get to see him, mm-hmm. you know, see what all the fuss was about. <laughs> and it makes sense why they're, you know, ranked 16th in the state, undefeated, all of the above. I mean, they have five of their seven varsity players are seniors so obviously that helps even though they had a year off last year they have a lot of experience playing with each other and things of that nature 
obviously you talked about the number one singles player in Riley Wheatley. She, nothing jumps out, you know. It's not like wow, she's like super dominant, but mm-hmm. she just she's super consistent and she just ends up beating people very easily. The number one doubles team, I was the most impressed with. They just they just seem they play so well together. Like you can tell, they're super consistent, super experienced. They're relaxed. One, it's a great one-two punch for them. And both against Fairfield and the day before, they were they were on it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what you'd expect from them. And then they have a sophomore, and their number two singer, singles player, yeah. Lila Dean. Yeah. She's really impressive as well for being yeah. a sophomore. So. Yeah, I remember talking to their coach Austin Christner after their win against Penn, and Austin said that. Um, you know, we're very fortunate Lila is essentially a number one singles player playing two singles for us right now. So, like, their top two singles players are very strong. Um, we don't want to get too ahead because, first first off, shout out to Westview. They won their sectional as well. They beat a good East Noble team in the opener there, took care of business against Central Noble and Lakeland to wrap it up. Uh, great season for them so far. Uh, they're going against Fairfield in that sectional. So, you got three NECC teams over there and then Northridge. So, NECC feeling pretty good about their chances, but Northridge obviously is very good right now. Um, you don't want to get too ahead of yourselves, but that's what we do here. That's what the media does. And potentially we could have a regional final of Northridge and Fairfield, which would be two undefeated teams our, from our area, which is very cool. And it would be a cool uh, coaching scenario with Fairfield's Mike Filbrin coaching against Austin Christner. And uh, Austin played for Mike in high school. So at Fairfield, it's a 2014 graduate is Austin Christner. So I think that's what we'll get, but maybe Westview spoils the party. Westview could spoil it. Angola is obviously very good too. They only got one loss. Angola's one loss is to Fairfield. So I'm another, just another thing I think of in the in the way that IHSA does this is you cannot um, advance in the singles or doubles unless you're at one one right. singles or one doubles. Right. So so a very good. One doubles or a one singles combination is going to be right. on the outside looking in after mm-hmm. this, probably. Yeah, there is the individual tournament. There is actually one individual match as well Tuesday night here. The Northwood one doubles team of Emery Porter and Amy Adams is playing the Goshen one doubles team of Joya Drenth and Catherine Detweiler. So that is happening. And there's a number one singles player from Liquid Park Christian that is apparently waiting to see how the matches go out tonight to where she might have to play on Wednesday in a in an individual singles tournament match. So some more work for you there, Evan. I apologize. So covering tennis tonight. So it's gonna be a a lot. Yes. But that's why they pay me the uh bucks. The bucks. They do pay you a couple bucks. Um yes. All right, let's talk a little bit about the track. Uh we got regionals this week. Uh quickly talk about some of the sectional Results from last week, Jack Moore from Northridge Man breaking a 44-year-old sectional record in the 3,200-meter run. Um, the record was so old that it actually it wasn't even called the 3,200-meter run when Maury Klein set the record. It was actually the two-mile race. I just say moved a metric system in 1980. I had someone point that out to me on Twitter um, during the week. So, uh, congratulations, Jack. And uh, he is the top seed in the boys track regional at Kokomo by 20 seconds in that 3,200-meter run. I would say that's pretty good. I would agree with that. That's good. Steve, does that sound good? Well, you figure out, you know, 918, 08. Uh Uh-huh. Geez, half of that is a very good mile. That's (laughs) that's just a little over Mm -hmm. four and a half minutes or or not even four and a half minutes. Yeah. That's pretty good for high school. 
Yeah. It's pretty good very, for anybody. It's very outstanding. <laughs> but in 19, uh, if it goes back 44 years, not only was it two miles, you know, the English measurements, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was probably on uh, cinders or something. Yeah, it was probably a terrible track and not a good surface. My yeah. track career began and ended in junior high back in the late 70s, <laughs> and we, we only ran on a track that was not cinders once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, season, and so. It was a really cool moment too. Maury Maury Klein, who had the record from Goshen, was actually there working the event. So Maury got to meet Jack. Um, it was a very cool moment there. They got to share some words, and Maury congratulated them on the record and wished him luck for the rest of the year. So pretty cool moment. And uh, we also have another top seed in boys track down at the Kokomo Regional, and that is Goshen's Drew Hogan in the 1600-meter run. He's the top individual seed. Actually, the top five seeds in that regional run are all from the Goshen sectional. So I think that kind of speaks a little bit to the depth of the distance running in this area, which has become very good in recent years with Goshen, Northridge, Northwood, Concord. You know, these are very good cross-country teams, programs in general that have translated to the track as well. So uh, it's basically the NLC race down there (laughs) at Kokomo to see who goes to state. So it should be good. And uh, girls regional starts Tuesday night. Tonight, it's, it doesn't start tonight. It ends tonight as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many we get out because uh, a lot of our runners aren't necessarily the top seeds in their events or field events as well. Uh, a lot of Penn, a lot of Warsaw kind of dominating the top seed lines out there. Uh, but we have a couple, you know, Northridge has a couple that c- could get out. Uh, they have the number three seed in the 4 by 8 relay. Uh, Hannah Hoffman is the fourth seed in the 200-meter dash. And Elena... Papandre as the fourth seat in the 300 hurdles. So we will, we shall see who advances uh, in track uh, to state. State meets are next week. Uh, boys run Friday, June 4th. Girls Saturday, June 5th. Both at Ben Davis High School down in Indianapolis. They moved it out of Bloomington this year uh, because uh, IU and Purdue had uh, rules about not, not wanting like a lot of outside guests on campus for COVID reasons which is fine um you know i understand that so everything is being moved to indianapolis area this year this spring so that's nice in a sense i guess so closer um, so less it's, it's an hour less drive that's for sure um so from here at least so track here we go right we'll see what happens so uh congrats to everyone that made it regional you can we can see a full list of who's running in the regionals at uh, goshenews.com slash sports or at TGN underscore sports. We tweeted out the link there, too. So you could find the link on our Twitter account. And, uh, yeah, so. Check that out. Yep. Perfect. All right, before we jump into baseball, let's talk a little golf. Uh, Evan, we had a little controversy at uh, the NLC uh, <laughs> championship on Saturday. Controversy. controversy. Uh, Northridge won, and then they didn't win. Uh, take us through that. Yeah, first of all, NLC championship. Five of eight teams in our coverage area, so that no, was fun. That checks I out. I enjoyed going out to Bentoak and uh, watching a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. Went a little longer than I expected it <laughs> because you failed to tell me that uh, <laughs> they have their all-conference selection meeting right after that takes like an hour. Yes. So I was just sitting around, but it was cool. Like 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 you said, there was controversy. Uh, Northridge would have beaten Warsaw with a 324, one stroke better because Warsaw finished with 325, but unfortunately... Some scorecard issues between a player, well, with a player from Northridge, 
was seen by his group that he was playing with. Another Warsaw player actually caught him, trying to race some scores, change up some scores before they signed their scorecards before it was official. So they they uh, talked about that at first. They were like, they're just gonna let it slide, whatever. But then the coaches kind of found out about it. They all met, went, had a meeting, came out, and player was disqualified, and Northridge lost their uh, NLC title because of that. Mm-hmm. They so, actually finished fifth. Yeah. That's how close it was at the top. They only fell 10 shots, and they lost. They went from first to fifth. So. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. Obviously, Todd King was didn't really want to talk afterwards. <laughs> Not uh, thrilled. Got to ask the tough questions, but uh, he didn't. he didn't think – his kid was trying to cheat. Obviously, he's the coach. He's going to say that he's going to back his kid. Felt bad for him because they would have won a championship. Got taken away from him, unfortunately. So, but like it, like he said, they still have plenty to play for. They had a solid. Mm-hmm. They had other players that were solid enough besides the kid who got disqualified. So, they they still have a good chance to make a run in, in sectional. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Obviously, a tough tough way to lose a lose a conference meet. Obviously. Uh, when you think you got it one, especially like that close by one shot, you know, and then it's, it's taken away from you. But individually, Chase Meyer from Goshen was the medalist, which is a good good accolade for him. Jackson Geip was second individually yep. too. So Goshen are the top two individuals. The Goshen uh, tandem. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the, either one of those guys could get out individually if Goshen struggles somehow in the sectional. And don't get through as a team. Chase Smile will probably get through to, as an individual. Uh, so, should be uh, interesting. And also, shout out Lakeland Boys Golf for winning the NECC tournament this weekend. They complete the sweep of conference. They went 11-0 in the regular season in conference matches. And then they won the tournament. Shot a 346 over at Lake James Golf Course or Golf Club in Angola. Why would you say it like that? Golf Course. Lake James. That's what it's called. Lake James. <laughs> Lake James. Uh, yeah. So, sectional, sectional. So it's weird. So go, golf's weird, right? So like they just did these conference meets, and it's like okay, like now we have to wait two weeks for sectional. It's like very strange. Like there's yeah. a lot, of, a whole break here. They still play some regular season matches. You know, there's an invite Warsaw that some of our teams are going to, but maybe it's cars availability. It might be. To do with it. It might be a factor, and also I'm sure, uh, it, you know, you can play golf into June, so it lets the tournament kind of be on its own as opposed to running into you know like this saturday is softball sectional finals baseball sectionals track yeah you know, there are t- a lot of tennis. people that can't understand why everything is up on top of each other and yeah including some people in this room probably I, yeah but, well but trust so, me yes. so so <laughs> there might be there, that might be a little concession to that mm-hmm. i look at the uh i look at the saturday schedule and i kind of cringe every time it's not as bad as it is in the fall when they load up the saturdays in the fall which are a lot worse but yeah this is it's a pretty busy but as week far as championship that first saturday in june you know yeah means a whole lot if you got teams are still alive there. right the first saturday like if, if we get a lot of teams to get through here somehow whoo um not gonna be great uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on not not enough reporters to do it so you know very unfortunate but We'll adjust. We'll have to adjust if we have to. So always do. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that boys golf sectional was June fourth, Friday, June fourth at Metal Valley, Northridge, Goshen, Northwood, Concord, Lakeland, are all five really solid teams that are in that sectional. They could all easily get out. Three of them are only going to make it. Uh, so it will be interesting to see which teams 
step up and win. And, you know, in theory, Northridge should have the advantage playing their home course, but Goshen beat them by one shot at their home course in nine-hole competition uh, two weeks ago. So, you Every never know. Every stroke is going to matter. It will. That's Every shot. It's consensus from the coaches when I talk to them. Right. After Saturday. They're right. like, you saw how close it was. It's been that way all season. I don't expect it to be any different in that sectional. So. Yeah, so if someone wins that sectional by like 10 shots, it's going to be like a blowout. Yeah. Given how it's been so close. That would be a surprise, I think. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some baseball sectional previews. How about that, huh? We finally have made it, kind of, to baseball sectional time. Uh, they begin Wednesday afternoon across this great state of Indiana and you know, we figured no one better to talk about prep baseball than Steve Craw, the man himself who runs his own prep baseball website, and he knows pretty much everything about baseball that you would need to know about in this state. So like a guru. He is a guru. Baseball guru. The guru of uh, baseball. <laughs> so let's start in Class 4A, Sectional 4, hosted by Northridge on their brand-new state-of-the-art track turf, track turf. Something like that. Um, first game out there is Thursday. Uh, Goshen and Penn will tussle, and uh, Elkhart and Concord in the second game that night. And then semifinal Saturday will be the two winners of those games, followed by Northridge Warsaw. And then the final is Monday, Memorial Day at 11 a.m. Uh, Steve, let's talk first about that Goshen Penn game. Obviously, uh, Penn traditionally a powerhouse in the state. Uh, and in the area, too, obviously, they usually are the sectional favorite most years. Goshen, you know, they've been playing on and off. They've been up and down a lot. You saw both of them last week. Uh, take me through kind of a little bit of what you saw, Goshen, and what you see out of Penn, and, and what makes the Kings been such a tough tough team to beat traditionally. Well, I guess I'll go with Penn first since Penn played um, New Prairie mm-hmm. on Monday at Penn. And it came down to the Northern Indiana Conference Championship. Um, that's what that game was. And New Prairie gets up early, and then Penn ends up, you know, rallying and winning in the bottom of the seventh inning. So it looked like New Prairie was going to walk off with the title, and it didn't work out that way. Uh, uh, a story line for Penn is Ben Gregory who kind of came out of nowhere he didn't really play varsity ball as a freshman he was in JV and, and the kid was like came into high school he's about 5'4 and about <laughs> 130 pounds and now he's like 6'1 or 2 and he's 100 and he's maybe close to 200 pounds so he just put on a lot of size and muscle and he's um, he was the one that got the winning hit and he was a winning pitcher for them so um, I I was. I'm thinking he may pitch uh, against Goshen, but they're they got some depth there at Penn. They do have the tradition. They work at it a lot, um, and that's what makes. I mean, their their uh, their coach is Greg Dykus. He's in the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've cu- I've covered all four of their state titles and their runner-up finish, so <laughs> I know them pretty well. So that's that's <laughs> what they've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Reese Fisher is by far the Goshen's best pitcher, so yeah. I would expect that he will he will be handed the ball by J.J. Du Bois mm-hmm. that game. 
Yeah, he's gonna. It's he's, he's, a, he's a gamer. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he You can tell he cares about it. Right. He's gonna have to pitch his the best game of his life, I think, for them to win. Right. I don't uh, think I don't think Goshen wants to get in a big hole, but if they can, you know, stay in the game where they're not down, you know, a bunch of runs, I think they got a shot. Pens, you know, because uh, they came back a couple of days after that New Prairie game, and Adam. South Penn Adams is having a really good year, but mm-hmm. South Penn Adams beat them at Penn on senior night, so Penn can be beaten. Yeah, you know they are they are beatable this year, um, and that kind of talks about kind of transition into my next question is about Northridge. You know they're twenty one and seven, or they have the best record of the teams on paper going in, but they've lost some games this year too. They lost to Wabasee twice. They lost uh, to Warsaw last week. They kind of lost the NLC in the final week of the season for lack of, I mean, there was a couple games after that, but uh, what do you make of the Raiders right now? I mean, they're obviously like on paper, they have all the talent. Carter Gilbert's an incredible pitch here for them. Uh, they get a bye. They don't have to win two games here. Penn's got to win three. What do you make of Northridge this year? Are they the sectional favorite in your mind going into this week? I would say you probably have to say A and 1A with Penn and Northridge who, whoever you want to make A and 1A, you mm-hmm. know, in that equation. And I only do that because of, of how good Penn is. And they did win the NIC, and the NIC is pretty good this year. So uh, Northridge has the, the better record. They're playing on their own field. I mean, if they if they bring their A game, throwing a lot of A's around, um, <laughs> uh, I think they got a good shot. I, I, they just can't uh, uh, have a glitch, you know. Mm-hmm. No hiccups. I will be intrigued to see what they do with their pitching because obviously Gilbert is their ace. Um, and they're playing Warsaw in the first game. Warsaw beat them, of course, uh, a little over two weeks ago. So you don't wanna you don't wanna look over Warsaw, but with the potential pen matchup looming, will they try to save Gilbert for Monday or will they pitch him Saturday to get to Monday and just pitch a second well, guy? I've seen a lot of instances where We'll hold back our best guy to get to the championship, and then you don't get to the championship right. because you do that. Or the, the ideal situation, I think, is like you, you you put Carter out there, you get a big lead, and kind of salt it away. You can get him off of the mound. You know, maybe pitches three innings and fifty or sixty pitches tops, right? And he could come back on. Well, on well actually, it would play Saturday, and then they come. Could he come back Monday if he pitches? 50 pitches, 60 pitches. He can only pitch a certain amount of pitches. Right. Just, uh, maybe he does that. Right. So maybe you maybe you start him against Warsaw, see where the game's going. If it's close, ride him out. If it's a blowout, you take him out, and then you could have him for Monday to potentially close Monday if it's a close game and you want to close it out. Because I believe Gilbert pitched against Penn. You were at the game, Evan. He did not pitch the game. Sorry. Trevor Brown. Brown pitched. Yeah, so maybe they'll they go with Brown. They got won. Collins as well, who's a decent pitcher for them. So they have a couple guys they can go with. So they don't need him to beat him. Like I don't know if Penn pitched their ace. He seemed like a pretty good pitcher. And obviously Penn just in general is a good team, so they're right. got a solid pitching staff. Right. But Northridge beat him without Gilbert that one time I went, so that seemed to be like a a marquee kind of game because both teams playing so well, but it's a non conference game for both right. teams too. So they're yeah. they might have said, We're gonna hold our best pitchers to play conference yeah. games and, yeah. and not 
non-conference games. And, and right? it was a, I know that it was a makeup game. Right. For, it was a makeup game you know. and it was supposed to be played back in March and it was too cold to play it and then they played it in May and it was also cold when they played. So Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um so it was, you know, Northridge, you know, specifically for them in that time, you know, they played a conference game Monday, then they get Penn Tuesday, another conference game Wednesday, so they might not have pitched. You know, they're like, "Well, yes, it's Penn, but you know, they were going to originally pitch uh, Gilbert against Northridge, actually, because I was talking to the West Noble coach back in March, and he said uh, they were going to pitch uh, the West Noble played Northridge in the season opener. Northridge coach said that he was going to save Gilbert for Wednesday for Penn, but since Andrew Broadbender knew that the Wednesday game was going to be canceled, he pitched Gilbert against West Noble instead. So he apologized to the West Noble coach. He's like, sorry, like, we're pitching our ace. Like, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And but Northridge won like twenty five to two. So it's very uncool of him. I know, very <laughs> rude, Andrew. Making making Carter Gilbert pitch against West Noble. So at least he uh, apologized, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that that is a really interesting sectional. Obviously, like every year when you get those Northridge and Penn in there, like two really good programs, and they get put on the opposite side, your brain will just tell you, okay, that should be the final, you know. But Goshen's playing. You know, if Goshen gets hot, I don't want to say don't sleep on Goshen again, but, like, when Reese Fisher pitches well, they got a shot, right? They got a puncher's chance, to go back to the boxing analogy. Uh, if Goshen, in general, has puncher's chance in a lot of things right now. Um, Elkhart is playing well. They're 15-10. and 10. They should beat Warsaw 11-1 Monday night. Can the Lions maybe slug their way to a sectional championship? You never know. That's, a, that's the operative word, slug, because they can hit the ball. Yeah. And, and they've been popping some home runs here lately. Yeah, they have been crushing the ball. Um, you know, Concord struggling a little bit this year, but they are much improved from what they were two years ago. I mean, Steve and I both saw them win one game in 2019. So uh, the fact they are they got eight wins this year is a huge credit to Greg Hughes in his first year, first real year as head coach. Um, obviously, didn't get the coach team last year. Um, so it, it's a it's an interesting sectional. Uh, you got a lot of decent teams in there with Penn and Northridge, kind of like the brand names. So I think it's going to be a fun four days over there in Middlebury. So uh, Evan will be there for the first two, and then we'll go from there. So very excited. All right, Evan, well, uh, let's talk a little bit three A. All right, Evan, let's How about throw that? it to you. Let's throw it to Evan. Come yeah. on, Evan, co-host. All right, yes, Class Three A, Sectional Twenty One, will be played at Wawasee, Jimtown, and Tippecanoe Valley. And Lakeland and Wawasee will be playing Wednesday and Thursday. Those are the games one and two. The winners of those two games will play on Saturday morning before the Northwood-West Noble game on Saturday. So, obviously, you look at this you look at this section and you're thinking Northwood's probably the favorite. But Wawasee's at home. They've won, they've won some pretty high-quality games this season. They have an above 500 record. you got to think those two teams are probably the favorites to go to the sectional final. Um, it definitely helps that Wawasee is playing at home. Steve, I'm just curious. Uh, obviously, like I said, Northwood enters as the favorite. They only have to beat West Noble, which you know is probably going to happen for them to get to the final. You saw, you've seen them recently. What, in your mind, what what is Northwood baseball, and what what are some keys to them, you know, getting out of the sectional and maybe making a deep run past sectionals? I don't think they let the the moment get too big for them because you know they've. This just past week, they went in the bottom of the seventh inning to win, you know, the uh, the NLC, and I was there to see that. And then their mm-hmm. next game against St. Joe, they did the base, essentially the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I don't think that A.J. Reisdorf likes that script. 
<laughs> I think right. he'd rather they were ahead <laughs> yeah. before, but uh, but they're very deep. You talked about all the seniors um, that some of these other uh, programs have had. You know, look at the back of the fence at North Northwood, and you get all those seniors, and I think there's 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And because of the COVID year, you know, they did make some cuts and kept some people. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to keep everybody involved when you got that many seniors. Mm-hmm. But they've been they found a way to do that. So I think that's what makes them good. Plus, you know, they got talented ball players. You know, no right. doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're a fun team. They're they're playing well right now. Um, like you said, all the seniors for them are probably the the catalysts. Um, so and. You know, no offense to West Noble, but they're struggling this year. Two and twenty-two. They got their first two wins this past weekend, though, at the Jim Reinbold Classic. I, uh, I was over there just watching. I was meeting with somebody, and I mm-hmm. saw a little bit of that. So, so they they picked up two wins over Lacrosse and South Bend Clay. You know, they're at least they got off the Schneid. Like, let's just say that. Like, thank God they got a win uh, and two of them to boot. So uh, they have an uphill battle though, probably against Northwood. I would say just. <laughs> A hot take. A hot take of mine. So, You're right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the second team we talked about, you know, Wawasee, they're hosting. Like I said, they've won some good games this season. Beat Northridge twice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, that was like one to nothing, one of the games. One so of those one nothing, 12 that's, innings. That's, yeah. some, that's some pitching and some clutch there. And, and they, they, like, beat them down the first time they played 12 to 2. Down in Syracuse, so Wallace has two really nice wins over Northridge. They weren't they weren't fluke victories; they were earned wins against them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cameron Salazar is shortstop. He's the district player of the year, so mm-hmm. he's going to go to Marion in uh, in Indianapolis to play college ball. So he he leads them, and everybody knows Cameron from other sports too, especially basketball. He's the point guard on the basketball team, and mm-hmm. he's just uh, yeah. Do you have, just a force for them. Do you have your eyes on them as far as being that second team behind Northwood, or is there somebody else in that sectional that you have your eyes on potentially? Or uh, I think I think I those are probably the two I would I would think. Um, I don't know if playing on its own the Warriors playing on their own field it helps, but it probably does. Mm-hmm. How much do you think? This is kind of a side question. Related to it too, it wasn't on the list of questions that we typed up. But you know, Tippecanoe Valley obviously has a lot of uh, emotions right now. They had obviously they had a player uh, pass away in a car accident a uh, couple well, about last week. Brendan Stump. How much do you think rallying around him might motivate the the Vikings to potentially you know win this sectional outright and you know doing it for. For but, one of their well, teammates, right? There's there's something to be said for that. I mean, uh, Tipkanoo Valley is is a three A school, of course. You know, we're, we're talking about three A schools, but the community of Akron and Mentone and the ones that feed in there that very very close uh, knit community there, and they did rally and and you know like three days after. Mm-hmm. that had happened they played and they won a big emotional game and they've you know mm-hmm. done pretty well down the stretch here so yeah that could be that could be something if yeah. you see uh, green and gold blue or uh, green and gold number four you know around Tippecanoe Valley or any we're around that 
tournament. That's Brennan Stump tributes with that is i thought it was very cool just aside from that uh at the girls track sectional last week at warsaw warsaw athletes were wearing green and gold uh ribbons in their hair and had the words b4 or b strong b the letter b strong number four uh written on their backs uh obviously warsaw in the same county kosciuszko county as tippy valley uh very cool tribute i thought from the warsaw girls track team to do that Right. right after he had died, he had died, he died Monday night. So uh, it was really cool to see that. So you know, Tippy Valley has that, I guess, going for them. They open Wednesday, like Evan said, against Jimtown. Um, you know, that could be something that just motivates them to get to, at least get to the final. You know, because that, that top half feels pretty open with you know Tippy Valley, Jimtown, Wallace, kind of all similar records, right around 500. So we'll see. So. Uh, let's go to sectional 35, Class 2A over at Westview. Uh, this sectional features no teams with a winning record right now, uh, which is makes it wide open, of course. Uh, LaVille and Bremen get it started Wednesday night, and then following them is Central Noble Prairie Heights. Uh, those two winners play Saturday at 11 a.m. Fairfield plays Westview in the 1:30 game, uh, second semifinal with championship on Memorial Day at noon. Fairfield... Had a little bit of a slow start, but here they are. They're 10 and 13 right now. They have one regular season game left against Fremont. We'll get to Fremont later here in a second. Uh, Fairfield's playing well. They got an ace pitcher in Alec Hirschberger, who will more than likely pitch Tuesday, or pitch Saturday against Westview. Um, Steve, I don't really know who, what to think about any of these teams in the sectional right now. I guess Fairfield having an ace pitcher that can get him to Monday, is, are they the favorite because of that? Or where do you see the sectional? I, I think that they, that makes them the favorite, just given the way the, the brackets are, are laid out there. Um, it seems like Westview and Fairfield, um, you know, that's a big rivalry anytime they play anything right. in sports. And since they're in the same conference and they're, they're neighbors. And so it's always fun to watch the, them go against the. Um, you know, they've been caught and cold uh, at Westview. Jason Ron will have the team ready, I think. And same thing with Darren Kaufman at Fairfield. So um, I don't think it's going to be a runaway for either side, especially with uh, Hirschberger. I mean, uh, you, you know, flash backwards all the way to the beginning where <laughs> they had that double no-hitter against right. Ocean. Right, So that's the kind of – that kind of was his coming out party, I guess, sort of in the high school scene. Yeah, he's a he's a good pitcher, man. He obviously threw a no hitter. Think how good Clinton Christian could have been if he was. No, wait a minute, they don't have baseball. But yeah, he he transferred in from Clinton. Christian. Oh, really? That's yeah. yeah. He's he was really good, man. He's obviously standing out. He had another no hitter uh, in the NECC tournament against Eastside that they lost too. So like, I guess the key for him is not to throw a no hitter. So they he just right. Yeah, well, Owen Willard was pitching for Eastside, and that's right. the coach's son, and he's a he's, he's a really good, good player. He's too, really good so. too. Yeah, uh, winner of that sectional goes to Whiting for the regional, which is uh, a stone's throw away from Chicago. So it's very exciting. And what did you tell me before this? It's the uh, mascot Hall of Fame. The is mascot there. Hall of Fame is in Whiting. <laughs> so yeah, if you're interested, if you're a Fairfield or Westview fan, and you get out. Hey, mascot Hall of Fame is right there. Can't miss that. They got a really cool ballpark, according to Steve as well, for the high school right over there by the uh, Whiting High School plays yeah. there in the Northwest Indiana Oil Men, which is a summer collegiate team. They use that ballpark as well. Yeah, Cal, 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 Matt, St. Joe, they mm-hmm. play their games as well. 
Yeah. Should also mention, by the way, the Northridge sectional winner goes to Laporte for regional, and the Wabasee sectional winner goes to Belmont for regional. So, very exciting. Uh, let's we got one more sectional on the docket. About the Fremont sectional. They go to South Bend, Washington, which I believe is going to be hosted at Four Winds Field. Uh, in so they that region will be played with the South Bend Cubs play. That's cool. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So Evan, do you even want to try to preview what uh, what's going to happen at Fremont? Sectional <laughs> yeah, class one A sectional fifty one at Fremont. Mm-hmm. It's a very exciting one. It's, if you're a Fremont it's, fan, it's not that exciting. <laughs> um, I mean, Bethany Christian, give them credit because they have had a better season this year. They've been on a bit of a decline. But obviously, they have a chance to have an above 500 record for the first time in what, like 25 years? Since 1992. Yeah, almost 20 years. 30 years. I can't count. 29. 30 years. years. 29. Yeah. Years. <laughs> I'm very bad at math, apparently. <laughs> almost 30 years. So uh, 25. I said 25 is 30. If they Close. win, if they win Thursday against Canterbury, they are guaranteed their first winning record since 1992. And they have a good shot of doing that because Fort Wayne. Under 500. Everyone in this sectional is under 500. Fort Wayne, Blackhawk, Elkhart Christian, Lakewood Park Christian, except for Fremont, obviously, because they're 21-6. Very good team. But, uh, yeah, games one and two, Bethany will play Fort Wayne Canterbury on Thursday, and uh, Elkhart Christian will play Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian on Thursday as well. Both those games are on Thursday night. Those two, The winners of those two games will play Saturday morning before Fremont and Lakewood Park Christian play. And then the winners of those games will play in the championship on Monday, which is Memorial Day at 11 a.m. Kind of weird, but it is Memorial Day, so that's what they that do makes in the sense. State, man. Yep, and Fremont just recently played Bethany Christian, and I was there for that. And I thought that um, it was a very, it was a close competitive game. It was only two nothing after four innings, going into the fifth inning. But then Tyson Chup for Bethany had to be uh, pulled. They were keeping him on a pitch count, and then after that, Fremont kind of, kind of ran away with it. So. So Steve, obviously, you know, you look at you look at this section and you're thinking, oh, this is Fremont's to win. This to is lose. that Fremont's, Fremont's to lose. lose. Yes, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Is there is there any other avenues you're seeing other than that one for this sectional? You probably you know got it exactly right. I mean, Bethany will gain lots of confidence if they, you know, if provided they get there because um, I saw I just saw them play the one time and that was against Concord and they played pretty well they, be, they beat Concord and Concord's much improved this year that was at Concord mm-hmm. that was er, you know fairly early in the season um, but uh, they got some good ball players there and and this could be said at all 1A levels because they don't have lots of numbers so so you know, when you're talking about having a roster of about 13 kids you know you got to be very uh versatile and but i think their confidence grows if they 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 hang in there and um you know because fremont could get overconfident i don't know that they will Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know coach Bach will let them but uh, (laughs) but it could you know it's just human nature maybe that we beat them Mm -hmm. you know we got this record and we beat them the last time and Mm -hmm. maybe that works in bethany's favor yeah, I mean, Bethany, you know, it was a 2 nothing game with Chuck pitching. You know, you're going to take anything away from it. You know, maybe if he pitches the whole game, it's closer, you know, but also Fremont, you know, is pretty good pitching and hitting and everything. I mean, they're number three in 1A. 
yep. ranked team in 1A for a reason. Um, they're very good. Even if you did pitch longer, better, they only had two hits all right. game in the batter's box. So, so it's that's the po- it, that's it, the problem. It will take the game of their lives for Bethany if if they get there. They got to get there first. But if they do, it will take a pretty Herculean effort to knock off Fremont. Uh, that would send some shockwaves, I think, through the state uh, in the 1A level if, if Fremont goes down to Bethany. And the, again, Bethany, heck of a season. Kudos to Jim Kraft for turning that program around. They were, again, they haven't had a winning season since before we, Devin and I were born. Like, you know what I mean? So I almost said it since we were born. And then I remembered Steve is also sitting here. No offense to Steve, but he is older than us. Uh, he was around in 90. Quite a. Yeah. He made a reference to uh, Rice Aroni and game shows from the 70s. So he's been around a long, little longer than us. Uh, remember that like an hour ago? Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so the stage is set. The stage is set for the baseball tournaments. Softball's rolling around. Uh, track regionals, tennis regional semi state this week. This is the busiest week of the local preps spring sports season. Next week, also very busy, especially on the Friday, Saturday. Uh, so it does not really stop uh, until like June 13th, basically. And even then, if we get a baseball team to make a miracle run, June 22nd. So we'll see. Um, should be fun. Should be a fun week. Uh, we will have coverage everywhere, uh, as expected. So follow at TGN underscore sports for all the coverage. Evan will be at tennis regionals. Steve will be covering softball. I'll be covering baseball, track, softball. Evan will be at baseball at some point this week, too. Uh, Super Saturday, this Saturday, everywhere. Uh, we'll sleep Sunday, and then be back at Monday and Tuesday with regionals. Uh, and pretty much everything uh, you could ever want to cover will be will be covered by your Goshen News uh, sports tab. So stay follow. Stay tuned. Stay tuned? Yes. Stay yes. Tuned. All right, thanks again to Steve for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. He's a now a four-time guest, so he's officially, I think, a part of the club for this podcast. We have a club now, so we'll go with it. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll actually be taping next week's episode on Wednesday, so that way we could talk about any softball regional uh, games that are happening Tuesday night. We'll be able to give a full report on all baseball sectionals, all the softball sectionals and regionals, track regionals, girls tennis, uh, regional semi-state, all that stuff. So tune in next week, a little bit later next week, but we'll be back next week to talk more all local sports here on the Goshen News Sports Podcast.